Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 2, Episode 20, Breaking the Ice, in which Frasier and Niles go ice fishing with Martin in search of that prize catch, a father's love. How good is that for an intro, Kay? <laughs> not, <laughs> bad, very no, not bad, not bad. <laughs> so Kay, simple one this week. Have you ever been fishing? And a separate question, how do you handle cold temperatures? Um, so I have been fishing, but I was very young. I went in Ireland with like my granddad and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have very vague recollections of it being cold, wet, and we caught nothing all day. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a really um, good time. Since then, I've not gone fishing since. Yeah, my granddad might have caught something because we ate that night. So I think we, we might have caught something. But um, something from I, maybe a, at the freezer. I, I remember it being cold and wet. That was also a possibility. Yeah. Um, <laughs> generally, I'm not too bad in the cold. I, I prefer it being cold to being really hot. I, I can warm myself up in the cold, whereas it's too hot I, I just complain i'm completely with you i think there's far more ways of making yourself warm than cooling down um you just put another layer on you know whereas when you're boiling hot you just literally your whole body just shuts down in my opinion but yeah i've never ever been fishing at all um my granddad's a big fisher and my uncle as well um and it's always appealed to me quite a lot but yeah never been um can't see that you're really recommending it after your island trip <laughs> Is that, is that the message I'm getting? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I probably wouldn't go again. But that said, I, my, both of my, my... I assume like my dad's dad really... Well, he must like fishing because he went, he went fishing with us. Uh, <laughs> and my mom's dad, uh, when he was younger, he had like a fishing license to go and fish. So mm. they, they must have liked fishing. So there must be something to it. But I, I'm not a big fan myself. No. Well, there's a clear pedigree of fishing in your family. So, you know, you come from a, a respectable I fishing family. I don't, know if they ever caught, I don't know if they ever caught anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we jump into Trivia Corner this week? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Excellent. So we've been sending a lot of great trivia questions this week by the usual quiz masters, Corey and Hamish. Preston Poling, our man with the floor plan over at the Fraser Project, has also contrib- contributed a question. Um, so I'm going to get those up now and we can begin. Okay, okay. Question numero uno. What reference to Moby Dick is there in this episode? Oh, I, I know this. Um, I so Niles walks in and he says, call me Ishmael. I think that's the first line of Moby Dick. Yes, it is. Um, have you read Moby, Moby Dick that. at all? I have not read Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, weirdly, I associate with Matilda because... Um, she she starts reading it at the end when she's like adopted by Miss Honey in bed. And obviously that's like a bit of a joke because it's a really complicated, well, not complicated, but it's a heavy book and she's like, you know, 10. Um, but yeah, Moby Dick, great book. A lot of 50 pages or so in the middle, which basically just talks about the anatomy of whales. But uh, everything else is actually really good. Um, you know, the, the kind of heir to the throne of the great American novel, I think. Um, There's a lot of great like books and films and media that you do think you could just cut a whole chunk of this out. Oh, so so true. The it's a wonderful life. Yeah, we're in we're in the time of year people watch. It's a wonderful life. You could cut an hour off that film and no one would notice. Wow, yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna, my controversial take. You're going to take a lot of flack for that from the American listeners because <laughs> it is a tra- It's an institution over there. Um, it I watched it for the first so time. Long. It is. It is. I watched it for the first time um, last year actually. And I did really enjoy it. Big fan of old Jimmy Stewart and stuff. So, you know, it had a good vibe. Plus Small Town America as well. Obviously my whole brand. Um, what will Niles go and do after another cup of coffee? Is it possibly... Is it possibly dot the I? Yes, or... it is. Go no, out and urinate oh. in the snow. Dot the I. Three out of three, Key. Take a bow, son. Take a bow. I, I really think this was a really tough week for trivia, actually. I really struggled writing my trivia questions this week. Yeah, I, I think the episode's so like good and iconic that most of the lines stick with you, so you kind of can't find those little bits in between that someone might have glossed over. At least that's what I was thinking. Okay, this question, You, I, I initially responded saying, I thought this was really hard and this isn't well known in the UK, but I might just be generalizing there and my own ignorance, letting my own ignorance speak for everyone else. You might know this, Key. Niles references a fisherman in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. What famous manufacturer of overalls and children's clothing is also based in Oshkosh, Wisconsin? Apparently, this is really famous. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, if you this this, I'm glad you haven't heard of them because I thought like this was a massive blank spot in my uh in my knowledge it's a, it's a, a brand of overall yeah manufacture overalls and children's clothing so the problem is i'm not well i'm not really a child i'm mentally a child but i'm not a child in terms of clothing and i don't have a child so i don't know much about children's clothing 
Honestly, um, I thought this was really hard. Children's clothing. Um, children's clothing. All I can think of is Baby Gap, and that's a shop, so... <laughs> it's not Baby Gap, it's Oshkosh Bagosh. Um, and I googled them, and apparently they are really famous, but I've never ever heard of them. Oshkosh Bagosh. Oshkosh Bagosh. That really reminds me of um, a woman... Do you remember... She talked in, is it Backspeak or something like that? One of my is, yeah, Cheesepeak. Is that, is that Wisconsin? Uh, cheese is Wisconsin, isn't it? Very, is it Cheese Place? Known for cheese? Yeah, yeah, Cheese. Obviously, that's where, where Roz is from as well. Um, I thought there might yeah, be a line about Osh Bosh Bagosh. Oh, as you think it might be mentioned I elsewhere. I thought it was just a funny... I think it might be mentioned in that episode when she's doing her Cheese Speak. Wow. It was just okay. a funny phrase because it was Cheese Speak. I didn't realise it was a... Um, it's a good shout. You just don't know, actually. Um, I might have to go back and have a little re-listen to Ampatrice. Um, but yeah, really tough from PP there, old Preston. But well, well played, Keith, for getting a three out of three. Do you want to ask me yours, and then we can end it with uh, with Corey's? My first question. Mm-hmm. Lay it on, mate. The name of the lake. Oh, I know this. I know this. Um, God. Oh. Does it begin with a W? Does not begin with a W. Begins with okay. an M. Uh, no, no, Mahegan. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well, thank I you. I did for not expect you to get that. I just think it's got like a real. I don't know. I've got a thing with like Native American um, naming things because that's clearly a Native American. Well, I would think so. Um, it could. It could be anything. It could be like Dutch colony settlers or something. But yeah, it sounds Native American to me. What I guess. Okay. So question two. Mm -hmm. According to Frasier, who does Niles look like when he first arrives all dressed up in the apartment? I know this one. I think he looks like a skinny Alma Fudd. Yes. Yeah. Man, something in the water tonight. <laughs> Will is coming strong to the party. I am, I am. Okay, the third and final question. Mm -hmm. According to Frasier, where else could Niles have taken Martin? Oh, this is a good one. For some reason in my head, I have Monster Truck Rally, but I just don't... I think that might be a different gag. That's all I've got, so that'll just be my one guess. It's not Monster Truck Rally. Damn. I think he says you could take him to Captain Andy's Surf and Turf. Yes. Surf. I've never had Surf and Turf. Have you? Have you? I do not know what Surf and Turf is. So it's basically where you have a main that has fish and meat on it. The idea of surf, fish, turf, land. So you have both fish and land animals on the same meal. That's sounds a, clever. I like sounds that. Sounds a bit extreme for me, though. Like, I don't know. There's a lot, it's a lot going on. I do like a catchy name, and it's got a catchy name. It so. is catchy as hell, to be honest. Um, and very popular, too. There's all my questions, so you got two out of three, mate. Not too bad. Not too bad Not at all. Too bad. I've certainly had worse showings. Okay, let's uh, bring things to a close with old MK. So question numero uno for you, Key. During the course of the episode, Martin expresses two concerns about Eddie. What are they? Okay, is is one about the fish hooks and getting yes. caught on them? Up the nose, yep, yeah, brilliant. Two, is it that it'll be too cold at the lake for him absolutely spot on well played and a great yeah. question all the same just being too cold on the ice um which it certainly would be for old uh, old edward crane oh god sorry i, for I forgot i'm asking the second question <laughs> I, I was waiting for you I, I was looking sorry i was looking at my phone it went off um question number two what food item does niles bring for the trip oh i do know is it is it turkey jerky, something like that? Yes, it is turkey jerky, and I've got I've got to want to ask you a little bit about jerky when we get there in the review. Um, but yeah, well played, okay. So two out of three here. Can you bring it home? Oh, oh this is a this is a good one and hard, I think. Um, what personal compliment does Fraser give the ranger that comes and gets them off the ice? Fraser gives them. Yeah, he 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 kind of calls him something, you know, a, a kind of term of endearment, but not like not like in a strictest of relationship sense. But all I can remember is Niall saying that he loved him. And yeah, that's the that's the bit that sticks with me too. Um, then Martin, and we've been drinking a lot of that. Oh, um, God. I don't even remember Fraser saying anything to him. Here's what. Here's a clue. This might help you. It is, in many ways, um, it, it, it's almost almost exactly the same as the motto of Jay Gatsby in The Great Gatsby. If you've read or seen any of that. Well, you think I'm a lot more cultured than I really <laughs> am. It's adorable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. Uh, just boss, maybe. Oh, cheers. 
Probably just not calling Re- someone boss. Very about? close, very close. It's he thanks him for being a good sport. A good sport. He's not close to boss. They're the same <laughs> kind of thing. They're the same kind of because Gatsby always calls people old sport. Like, how you doing, old sport? And that's like, oh, how you doing, boss? I say boss a lot. I say chief a lot. Um, sport, not so much because you know I'm not a rich guy living in the 1920s New York, but. You know, I think it could be brought back. But yeah, so, I mean, you got two out of three there, Key, and you took a good stab at the third one. So I think all in all, a great showing for you in Trivia Corner this week. Well played. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you very much. Right, let's uh, hop into the review, Key. Can you tell us, please, what the animation watch was? Is it just a red light? It was indeed. A little red little red light, which kind of feels quite festive now. You know, Rudolph at the top of the Space Needle there. Maybe that's just the way my childish mind works. But um, talk about festive. I saw the other day, you were, were you watching Home Alone 2 recently? I watched it with a, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours, Joseph Hinks, over Discord, which we do sometimes over Christmas. We watch a film like remotely together. What makes you bring Home Alone 2 up? I was just a bit surprised because I build up to Christmas films. So I start this time of year. I'm still on my Hallmark Christmas really bad film list. I did not know um, you were a Hallmark and I fan. Build up, oh, well, have, I watch Hallmark Christmas films, but I watch them. Like, I start my Christmas film watch at the start of December. And yeah. the first couple of weeks are the bad films. <laughs> and then I build up to the better ones. Wow. So I was just surprised that three weeks out from Christmas, you're already onto like the Home Alones of this world. Already onto the top dogs. Yeah. I mean... To be honest, I re- I really like your approach, um, and it's something I could definitely get behind. I just didn't have you down as such a such a dedicated like Christmas media viewer, and I really like that because it's the kind of the kind of thing I would do, like staggering and layering the you know building up to something. Yeah, I quite I like that a lot. Do you do that every yeah, Christmas? I, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's I so good. I make a little list on the notes on my phone of the Christmas films I'm going to watch and the Christmas TV specials I want to watch before Christmas. Oh, man. And I always have, like, I'm, I'm not too fussy about the order, but I usually have ones that I know are, like, last week ones, and I have some that I know are Christmas Eve films. Mm. So, Matt, I really love that. I mean, you'll have to send me a pick of this list, um, and I can take my pick and... Uh, have a little um have a little browse of some of these hallmark films you speak so highly of um we open in kacl at this point and ross has told a guy she loves him which seems pretty serious to me um and fraser just kind of you know does his usual thing about just you know attacking her for, for having feelings but i just think this is a pretty serious revelation from ross and an amazing line from perry gilpin where she's just like, yes, you do need to know this when she's talking about the guy kissing behind her ears. I just think this whole exchange really, really makes me laugh. Um, And also, do you think it is polite to say it back? um, I love you. Or is this like Frasier, a far more charged term that you should protect a little bit more? I think um, in this situation, I'm probably more of a Frasier approach because Mm -hmm. I think like given the She's been with this guy, what, two weeks, I think she says? Something like that, yeah. I mean, if someone's throwing out I love you after two weeks, I'd be reluctant to say it back. I'd be like, oh, okay. Um, It just feels like you're elevating the relationship, and if you're not there emotionally, then it's kind of leading them on a little bit for me. I just... Mm. I completely get that. Um, I just think if you if you if you were to say it in person in the cold, sobering light of day, um, after two weeks, that's a huge no no. But obviously in the in the throes of passion as Ross clearly is here, I think it's it's more permissible because it's like, you know what I mean? She I don't know. I just think it's a it's a funny little anecdote she's relaying here. Um, and I just I'd be interested to see what what listeners think about whose whose side they take here, Ross or Frasier's, because I think it's uh, a pretty interesting debate. In fra- she she moans at Frasier here for steering the conversation back to himself, um, which he does a lot, which I just think was a really good thing to call him out on because I think it's a terrible trait that I've probably been guilty of in the past as well. Um, something I try to avoid doing, you know, someone got, gives you an opinion on something they like. I've said this before, you know, my my my. 10 years ago, I'd have been like, oh, I don't like that. You know, one, you've belittled them. And two, you've made it about yourself. Instead, you just go, oh, you like that, do you? How come? You know, why? And, you know, just talk to them about it. And I just think, you know, it's not a good character trait. And Frasier does have it big. Yeah, very much so, yeah. And I, I really do love Perry Gilpin's delivery in this scene. I, like, the way she's doing, um, you know, she's basically describing this very sensual moment to Frasier, you know, <laughs> licking behind her ear and her saying, oh, I love that. You do um, need to know this. <laughs> and then just the way she changes it to, 
And I said, oh, I love you. And then all of a sudden, he comes, I, just, I love the complete change in her tone. It's just, she does it so well. She really does, man. Just another episode we bemoan that she's relegated to the opening two minutes and just not see it again. Um, but yeah, she lives on in our memories. Um, so we're now back in uh, Fraser's apartment whilst Mar uh, Martin rather prepares for his fishing trip with Duke to Lake Nomahegan. This big tradition they have, and I, you know, I like that little phone call that they have in a minute where he says, you know, we've had too many good times to let this tradition die, etc. Is this a real thing, do you reckon? It's bad luck to clean your creel or your bait box, whatever it's called. Um, I wonder if this is just like a bit of folklore in the show or if whether this is actually a thing, because it sounds plausible, but I'd never heard it before. Um, well, I'll say, just before I comment on that, I do love... Did you see the title card for this scene? Oh, my God. I, it's a very nice little, little I, line. I did, and it's. I, I remember thinking, oh, wow, that's a good title card, and then it's completely gone out of my head. So tell us what it was, please. I only have ice for you. That was it. Really good. Really nice. Very that nice. Was. Like it. In terms of the the, uh, the tackle box, I I imagine I, I don't know if fishermen are superstitious, but I imagine they kind of are. Um, mm. I can imagine this being a common sort of superstition that you have. If you've got like a lucky tackle box, you don't clean it. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I, I, I think know. superstitions I mean, in any hobbies like that are pretty pretty big. I'm quite fortunate that anyone I've ever known who fishes has not done that because. <laughs> I would not have tolerated it. <laughs> you would not have sat on the little uh, pier with them if they had a stinky bay box that smells like death. Oh, God. I mean, have you ever been crabbing, actually? Crabbing's good fun when you're like, on holiday. That's a big thing, obviously, in seaside towns here in the UK. I have not gone crabbing, no. It's weird. You, like, you, you buy this like, special little rod. Uh, not a rod, like a little handhold thing. And you, get them, you just do off the end of a dock or a pier, and then you put them in a bucket, and then you chuck them back in. Um, yeah, it's a good little vibe. And it's way less maintenance than normal fishing, so, you know, that's why it's so popular with kids. Um, a great line from Niles here where he walks in and he says, what, a, what an uh, unusual scent. It's like a fish died and all the other fish sent flowers. Just amazing because we have the air freshener competing with other unpleasant odours, um, which is, you know, something we probably all, all have experienced in our own houses at some points, sometimes on a daily basis. Um, I won't go into any more detail about that. Um so at this point, Niles brings in some pork rinds. Are these like pork scratchings we have here in the UK? I don't know what the deal is here. I haven't. My instinct says they're slightly different. I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily sure how they're different, but I I think they're different somehow. Are you are you a scratchings fan? I'm not particularly a pork scratchings fan now. Mm. I mean, I'm I don't not... mind them, but sometimes you get one with a hair on it, and you just think this is literally the worst thing in my in the world. I'm, I mean, I'm not someone who really goes to a pub eat. Mm. Um, no, that's fair. I don't, if I, am, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really either. Or if I am, I'm having a full meal. I'm going to, you know, Weatherspoons and sitting down and having a meal. Yeah, you're having a substantial um, meal in the uh, parlance not, of current not, media. Not just a Scotch egg. I'm having a proper full <laughs> meal. And all of the listeners outside of the UK will not have gotten that joke. They won't. But those that do live in the UK will have got it with some, some a wry smile, I'm sure. I mean, Martin, I think Martin's hinting here that he, he wants him to take him. He's brilliant from John Mahoney. You know, it's like uh, the way he's kind of shifting his eyes around. He kind of he adjusts his cane. You know, he's really playing up to it. I just really love this. Um, and also, this is kind of related. But, I mean, we've already talked about fishing. What's the appeal of ice fishing over regular fishing? Obviously, he really wants to go on this trip. I love John Mahoney and the way he manipulates him a little bit. But why ice fishing over regular fishing? What's the deal here? Because it just seems like much hard work in much worse conditions. Yeah, I suppose there's something about the fact that it's cold and you're just you're cramped in a little sort of hut rather than just sitting on a pier or something. And mm. something very manly about the fact that you have to dress up warm, I think. Yeah, and, and, and cracking open the whiskey and maybe having a log burner or something. Well, you wouldn't have a log burner, it'd melt the ice, but... Well, Jeez, no. I'm, not, I'm not going ice fishing with you, mate. That's I bet you could, actually. Fire. I bet you could have a log burner because the ice is normally, like, metres thick. Um, and obviously, if it's off the ground, you know, it's the heat's going up, not down. Um, I bet you could. I bet you could. That sounds like a really stupid thing originally, but like, I've seen cabins on the ice in pictures and stuff that have log burners in them. So yeah, maybe we shouldn't go ice fishing, Key, for <laughs> other reasons other than I might melt us and fall us and we'd fall in. But Niall says he considers himself a man of the great Al Fresco. A great reference already we've had. I think was it in my coffee with Niles when they go outside and he says, I'm feeling Al Fresco today, and then Fraser says, How does Mrs. Al Fresco feel about that or something? Which is a great little callback. Um, I really like that. And someone's mentioned this in Listener Mail as well. Maris's interpretive dance. 
Um, after is it afternoon? Is the fawn in the east garden? I can't remember. Yeah, the wilderness holds no terror. Yeah, that. great delivery. But like this line is such a long joke. Like it's a really long line, and it almost risks like being too long to be funny. If you know what I mean. Um, but I just think David Hyde Pierce just about pulls it off because it, it, he can. Um, it's a really long gag and really specific. So in, in this scene as well, we also have another joke about um, patience again, which is usually more of a Niles joke when he talks about his workshops and his patience. But mm. uh, this time, um, you actually when they come in, Fraser is telling Niles that he used to have the same problem with his multiple personality patients he kept saying that the other one sent a check yes so he's he's kind of borrowing the uh the setup there isn't he from niles um good good call actually good shout um it's a shame we didn't collect those like early early doors because i know we were always a big fan when they crop up um I love Daphne in the kitchen at this point. Eddie's sitting on the stool. I think that's really nice. We never kind of see him in that position, just kind of watching over Daphne preparing dinner. She's clearly trying to get rid of, of Frasier so she can have the house to herself. And we have another really surreal joke from her, which is, is fortunately quite short. Quite, it works well for me. Um, but again, just really highlights what I've said in previous weeks. They really do hand her surre a surreal humor card, don't they? For me, I don't know. A lot of Daph sometimes Daphne's jokes fall a bit flat for me. They're just mm. a bit oh, okay. Then that's uh, oh, that's a strange <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for instance, you know, I'm assuming you're, you're referring to the "Good Night, Mr. Vanderpump" line. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a bit like oh, okay. No, I mean, I don't know. In fairness, I think it's weird that Fraser thinks it's a bit weird that he says "I love you" to. To Eddie. I mean, a lot of people say they love their dogs. That's yeah. I mean, I say it to my brother and sister-in-law's dog who was round yesterday because she was uh, she gets a haircut near us, which makes her sound like a human being. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I was I was saying that then. I just think you know, people and people would say it to cats and stuff. You know, pets in general. If anything, people, I think people are a lot more likely to say that they love an animal more so than another human being. I completely agree. Um, I think there's a, a misanthrope in all of us. Um, and you know animals they're there to to be loved so um i, I, I kind of get this and i love the callback later and someone mentions this in listener mail i think where he's like you know no niall says it doesn't he and he's um you don't really I think we're up there in any do you <laughs> but uh, put yourself up there in any do you um niall's entrance now absolutely amazing he's bought i can't remember what the three brands he names this would be a good question polo timberland and something else can you remember? Um, this would have been a great trivia question. Is it Eddie Bauer, I think? Yes, I think it might be. Um, but a man after my own heart with the Timberlands on, because I'm a huge fan of mine. Um, but he does look a bit ridiculous. But he, he's, I mean, how much would you wager he spent on those clothes, the carbon fiber rods, everything in that bag? What, what If you could put a price on what Niles has spent there for a single fishing trip, what would you say? And given that he buys the best of everything, at all, I think we're in the ground. Yeah, it's probably going to be. I tell you what, I don't think he looks quite good. Yeah, he does. I don't think he looks like a skimmy out of a foot. I think he looks like a normal dude heading out to the ice. Niles cannot look bad in anything. He looks. He, he can work any look, whether he wants his, you know, formal tux, whether he wants to, you know, look like a skinny, skinny Elmer Fudd. He just. He <laughs> it. I mean, in the later episode when he's seeing Kit and he wears the uh, the leather jacket, that's a great, you know, same vibe. Looks really cool. Um, and you know, completely unlike the normal suit suit vibe that we get. So. Yeah, completely agree, I think. Um, completely agree. So, I mean, I've already I've put here, it's kind of similar to the pork scratchings question, but I did want to ask, um, have you ever had jerky of any kind, Key? Because I know this is a super popular American snack, and it's normally really overpriced here in the UK because it's, like, treated as an export of the US. Have you ever had any? I don't think I've ever even seen jerky. Um, no, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not in purely, kind of plain sight. I purely associate it with, like, American TV and film. Mm. eating jerky i don't I've, it's never come up in my life to date i mean i i bought some once from i think from like mns and it was like two pound fifty for a really small bag it was so overpriced um they like the pieces were like you know tiny not like the long strings of jerky you see on in like jars in in us shows but yeah i mean i actually i'm a big fan because it's just like nice chewy salty dry meat to snack on you know it's kind of like the ultimate ultimate thing to gnaw at if you're a you just kind of need need something to eat so yeah jerky's one one thing i'm very jealous of that i have in the us and don't have here in the uk um i feel like jerky's mentioned quite a lot in fraser as well actually because it's like i guess it has its associations of 
um, blue collar, you know, working class snack. It's not like a part of the elite culinary uh, stuff that Fraser and Niles are used to. So, um, yeah, I, th- I definitely think it's mentioned a few times. It's the butt of a few jokes. Um, they arrive at this point at the at the cabin on Lake Nomahegan. Um, and actually, I, I couldn't decide between my two favorite lines of this episode, and they both happen here in the cabin. One of them, the, the tie, and you might be able to help me pick which one is the winner out of these. The first line is when Fraser says he thought it might be more lake adjacent, and the way he's kind of gestures with his hands. Well, Fraser doesn't think so. Well, it's not that I'm complaining. It's just that I thought it would be something more, well, lake adjacent. <laughs> And then the other one that it's tied with is Nar saying, the auger's free. <laughs> when he goes, where am I going to sit? What am I going to sit on? The auger's free. I really can't pick, but those are my two favorite lines of the, of the episode. Yeah, those two, I'd go with Lake Adjacent. It's so good, isn't it? It's such a clever line. The way he says adjacent is just absolutely fantastic to me. Yeah, I love this. I mean, what do you make of this arrival at the cabin, Kay? It's really lovely. Like, these. For me, it's a real sort of shift in the episode into the, um, the emotional heart of the episode, which, mm-hmm. you know, the first, I mean, I, I don't think we, it's probably, it's not right to say first half because it, they're in the cabin for more than half the episode, but I think this is where the emotional side really will start to kick in is when they get to the cabin and, and you see that shift. And I do love when they're away from the apartment, they're away from usual surroundings, but confined in a small area, like a bit like with Travels with Martin, where they're all in the um, the Winnebago together. Oh, yeah. Um, I do love that sort of, that vibe. And the there is something so great about just the three of them in a confined cold cabin, all wrapped up warm together. Um, and in terms of one of my favourite lights, I do absolutely <laughs> love Niles' delivery of, who is this Rube? When, uh, who is this Rube? <laughs> Rube is completely bought into it. <laughs> Honestly, that um, is just so typical of him as well. He just he makes you want to punch him. He's just being so smarmy and smug. It's just oh, it's just such a confident delivery. Just the way he's <laughs> mocking Fraser. It's, it's I love it. It's fantastic. It's so good. I completely agree. Everything you just said there. The fact of like when they're you know in a in a confined space like this and their their interactions and relationship gets amplified it's just brilliant something i want this completely unrelated to what you just said but it's the best point to flag it in the episode this gets talked about a lot and there's been loads of posts on reddit and on fraser fan club about this but there's a really weird poster on the wall and i don't know if you spotted this but it's behind martin's head and i seem to recall in a in on the it's on the other side of the cabin as well in a different shot and it's like Basically, like a half-naked woman, her jeans like flies are undone, and she's got like almost like vines growing over her chest. It's a really weird poster, and it's clearly like some kind of inside joke from the the writers or the producers of the show, and they've put it there. But I mean, it's really prominent in the shot. And like a lot of people just kind of puzzling over what the hell this is. And if people or listeners hadn't clocked that, I you know encourage you to go back and rewatch the episode to see it because it's really weird. I mean, did you? I assume you didn't notice this. Did not notice this. No, no it's really odd. Um, maybe it was just there to keep uh, Duke and Martin company when they were the the lonely nights on the lake. <laughs> um, who knows? But um, yeah, really weird one and worth checking out. Um, uh, there's quite a poignant joke next, actually, when um, Frasier is taking the mick out of Nars, who's just kind of religiously learned a bunch of facts. And he says, oh, Alex, I'll take bodies of water for 500. Um, can you tell me what that is a reference to, Kay? So I'm pretty sure it is a Jeopardy reference. Yes, it is. Alex, I think it's Alex Trebek. It is. And do you know why there's an added poignancy there? He passed away recently. He did. Um, I think literally a month or two ago. Um, I, he was diagnosed with like terminal terminal cancer, I think, a few years ago. And yeah, just a, a lot of people I follow on Twitter. There's a lot of Americans. A lot of American lecturers were obviously really sad because Jeopardy's a real big institution over there. It is, it's not really available over here, but I, I watch old episodes on in, on the internet when I can. Um, but yeah, he was just a really great advocate of just you know knowledge and he was just a really good person i think so kind of yeah real 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 loss i think um and i I wonder how jeopardy or what it will look like going forward i always find it a bit strange with jeopardy that they sort of answer it the other way around don't they you get the answer and you have to ask the question i think that's one thing yeah i didn't want to get bogged down it because i've tweeted about this about a billion times but it it really annoys me um i love the show because the, the, the you learn a lot but the gimmicky format of like having to form your question as your answer as a question so saying like what is argentina 
if the answer's Argentina. That doesn't make any sense, like, grammatically. What is Argentina? Does it make any sense? So I just, it, it, I don't, yeah, I don't get it at all. Um, it, it really, it's really stupid. I think, I, I was trying to puzzle through this with someone, um, like a Canadian I follow, um, who loves Jeopardy. And he says, and well, no, I, I, I suggested this, and he thinks, oh, I think you might be right. Maybe it's just that they don't shout the answer out first. So if you said Argentina and didn't frame it as a question, which is the natural instinct of the brain, then you'll get disqualified from that question. You know what I mean? It makes you pause about the answer. Um, but I just think it's a really silly gimmick, personally. Doesn't doesn't work at all for me. I don't get it. You but said I, mean, I was going to upset American listeners with my views on it's a wonderful life. I know. I'm going after Jeopardy, mate. I love Alex Trebek and I love the idea of the knowledge on the show. But if people could tell me what what exactly the the question as answer thing, answer as question thing is meant to be doing, please let me know. So at this point, we, well, there's, there's, the tensions rise in the cabin, obviously, culminating in the dropping of the keys. Um, the worst throw in human history. Thank say. you. I was about to say, who's at fault here, Niles or Frazier? Because he's, he's oh, not. nice catch. <laughs> I actually, I don't really think the throw is that believable because it's such a bad throw. It's it's it, obviously aimed to land in the water. It is just he, like the weakest underarm I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, on um, KACL, I think it actually describes it as to say it is a toss is an understatement. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what it says on KACL. He tosses them to Frazier, well, toss being used loosely, more like an anemic lob that sends the keys plummeting down the fishing hole. An anemic lob? Wow. Um, I feel really, like that's just uh -oh. someone's described Niles' character. <laughs> <laughs> anemic lob. I mean, it is a really, really stupid throw. It's just underarm. It's kind of like he pulls out of it halfway through. Um I also yeah. feel it's a little bit... I mean, I, I, I do like this episode. I really like the episode. I don't want to criticise, but mm -hmm. I also feel like it's a little bit forced in that he's lost the keys, but they happen to be just, like, 20 centimetres from where he was sitting. Yeah, yeah, I know um, what you mean. Like, I've lost the keys. They could be anywhere from here, between here and the car. It's been snowing all night. We're never going... Oh, there they are. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. A bit strange. I, get, really. I guess it's like the whole... The kind of bait and switch. Like, oh, no, they're never going to get out. Oh, no, they found the keys. Oh, no, they've dropped them down the hole. Like, um, I get... But I get what you mean. It's... it's Yeah, it's a, it's a weird way of handling it, I think. I love the way Fraser's like, you know, one more fact and I'm going to throw you in there or something. And then Niles just stands up and goes, the wall eyed pike right that's it <laughs> just the way he says the wall-eyed pike is amazing um in fact i think he mentions the wall-eyed pike like two or three times in this episode um the fish really gets its 15 minutes of fame in breaking the ice um they're sharing some jim beam here i think i've asked you this before key where do you start on whiskey if i have asked you this before you don't have to give me a particularly long answer um, i'll be honest i don't drink whiskey often i, I it tends to make me quite sleepy mm. um, although that said i was recently so i did moot the idea of me possibly going to a whiskey tasting at some oh, point in the future man. we should but so that, go to one together that would be awesome it's a possibility because i did a gin tasting recently so whiskey tasting may be under cards in the future so oh, we could try man. that mate. Oh, i would love to do that at some point when things are back to normal but i've never had jim beam or james beam as uh, martin calls it um but I mean, it's it's a popular American one. I had I had Bell's last night from thanks to my dad, which is like I think one of the most popular blends in the UK. It's not like it's not like a posh whiskey at all. It's very much just like standard fare. But it's it, was, it does the job. It's nice. Uh, Fraser starts attacking Niles's kind of constant fish facts as well at some point here, and he mentions how he's never. Well, this is when he asks Niles, like, why, why have you done this? Why have you come here? The only time I've ever heard you talk about fish is to say that the source had separated. Great line. But I mean, what does it, what, what's happening, um, you know, physiologically when a source separates? What does this mean? I have no idea. Because it sounds horrible. Like, I, I'm picturing, like, you know, like when you put oil and water together and, like, they float, uh, like, at different densities. They, like, they're separate in that way. Like, olive oil in, in, in water. That's what I'm imagining here, like some kind of greasy fish floating in some horrible sauce. Maybe maybe if there's any chefs listening to the show, they can maybe tell us. Um, yeah, we also get a, a Star Trek reference, I think, in this scene. Do we? Um, we get um, when he, um, Frazier says, oh, well, I'm still thirsty. So here, beam me up. Oh, yes. Beam me uh, up, uh, Scotty. Or no, does he just yeah. say beam me up? Well, Frazier says just beam me up. But the line yeah. is beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good pun, actually. Very quick. Yeah. Um, for the old Very Jim decent Bean. little pun yeah. in this episode, isn't it? 
I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and then, we, yeah, this is just a very moving moment between between Fraser and Niles here. I really love this. Um, kind of reconciling about the fact they're both here because they were seeking validation in both in kind of different avenues, different ways. But ultimately, their goals were the same, and that's to get closer to Martin. Um, their hearts are in the right place, even if they've just spent bit, spent the whole time bickering. I think he's really touching the way that you know Niles says that he feels like watching Frazier and and Martin that he feels like he's missed out on something. You know, when we watched the the early episodes when like Martin's oh well, you know, you want to like the first few episodes, obviously the, the entire show. Frazier and Martin are at loggerheads most of the time. Big time. Um, and you often get like Martin saying, well, I'm not going. You know, it's a, you want to build a relationship. That kind of thing takes a couple of years, not a couple of days. Very um, true. And whenever he said that, it, this episode is what my mind always goes to because now we are a couple of years down the line. And it's Niles sort of looking at, you know, um, in from the outside, thinking, oh, well, actually, they have developed that relationship and I feel like I maybe haven't done so as much. Um, mm. Which is not actually true. I think that given the amount of time Niles goes around to the apartment, he certainly, he might not have the exact same kind of relationship with Martin because obviously him and Frazier live together. But he's certainly much, much... When you compare like how they both were in the first episode with Martin, how they are with him now, he certainly developed and built that relationship with him as as well as Frasier. It's not just Frasier building this relationship with his dad. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant through line you've just drawn from like the early seasons and Martin's comment there to now because I just, yeah, I hadn't even considered that. And I just think that's spot on and that must be what the writers are going for in this episode. Like, okay, they've uh, they've had their years to grow. Let's see what Niles, you know, feels on the outside of that. Yeah, I just think that's that's really, really well put. Um, I, I, it's why I love this episode. Um I mean, we haven't got to top tens or anything yet, so I'm not going to skip ahead. Um, but I'm I'm a huge fan of this episode. I mean, this is a real real tangent now, and I'm not going to I'm only going to speak about this for a minute or two. But I mean, there's a, a show I've mentioned before that I'm a huge fan of called Northern Exposure. It's a real cult show from the '90s um, in America, set in a Alaskan small town that was actually filmed in Washington State. Um, and it's about like a doctor who moves there, fish out of water, and he has to essentially go and live there and be a doctor to because they helped pay for his tuition in New York. So he's kind of like you know city city um, what's the word city slicker, I guess. He's not used to living out in the sticks, and the town's full of really eccentric people, and he ultimately ends up falling in town. Amazing, really popular, but there's a great episode that this Breaking the Ice reminds me of called The Three Amigos, and essentially the two older characters that live in the town, and they're both, you know, kind of over 60 um they they learn the news that an old friend of theirs who they used to go on hunting and fishing trips with has died and they all they whenever they went out to the alaskan wilderness which you can just imagine was so vast and lonely and it's just the three of them around a fire they made this pact that if one of them died they would take the other two would take him and bury him at this certain place they used to camp um and so basically the whole episode is them like they get his body like you know in the, in the coffin or whatever and they like strap it to the, the back of a truck they load up all their supplies and they just head out into the wilderness together to go and fulfill that oath when they learn one of them's died <clears throat> um and it's just amazing it's one of the best episodes of tv i've ever seen and you know it's set in deep snow and a lot of like camping and intimate conversations around you know isolated spaces like this it really rings a bell for me there but i, I would really encourage anyone to go and seek that out and really you don't need to know northern exposure to watch the episode um you don't even need to know really the cat who the characters are because it's it's a it's like a bottle episode in many ways um so thoroughly thoroughly encouraged go and check that out um, um we've never gone like into the wilderness together will but if you'd like me to steal your body and bury you in cannon hill park <laughs> i would be more than happy to do so i have zero affiliations to cannon hill park so i'd like to uh maybe pick a new place if you wouldn't mind um villa park would be better if they'd let me be buried underneath the uh, the, the center circle um you though that, I can't shot on gold and just get hit with the mound of where they <laughs> The buried your body <laughs> it off to the side <laughs> um uh, john mahoney i think handles this so well now and he's just kind of like boshing the whiskey back he needs to get his courage to say it you know i love ya i love ya we've oh. said that a lot on this podcast as well um like it's even anticipating this episode such a quotable line i i've probably made mm. this joke with my brother a dozen times um yeah it's just thing as well just for blokes it's it's an easy way actually for blokes to express their feelings is to like quote a line like this mm. um, and it's just i it is it's such a man thing and particularly a man 
of Martin's age and generation. It's just, I really, it's so, it's so well done by John Mahoney, this way that he's expressing his feelings, but in a different way, just, you know, just a slight change in the last word. Then I think it's fantastic acting from John Mahoney in this scene, just the way he has to build up to actually telling them that he loves them. It's, it's, it's a really touching moment. It's a beautiful scene. It really is. Um, I love this whole kind of, you know, denouement or whatever you want to call it. And then Niles just kind of playfully tickling him and saying he's blushing and just the three of them just clearly drunk out of their minds having a great time i love this the cop arriving is hilarious he's like come on give us a kiss and then the cop <laughs> comes in the door um I, I really love that i mean i'm ending on a I, I, I tend to end on a really stupid and frivolous point so i'm going to continue the tradition here can you call a locksmith for a car because you certainly can't do that these days and even back in the 90s i feel like this would have been very difficult um you can't just call a locksmith to change the lock on a car because how one how do you prove it's yours you know if, if you're locked outside of it for example um if you don't have a license on you for example but two i just don't think security wise this is a thing that happens or am i just being really naive here i'm pretty sure you can get a locksmith for a car do, what do you think it's a done practice um, like because i just don't well, i know nowadays I know a guy who is, digital isn't it i know a guy who who does a bit of locksmithery on the side mm. um he's not, that makes him sound like a thief doesn't it he's not a thief he is no I, I i like lock picking you know in a, a <laughs> non-thievery way he also like does a bit i think he dabbles in like mechanics with cars and stuff like that so i imagine there is an overlap there um mm. yeah i think i think you should be able to, to get locksmith. i love how completely like non-plus the the ranger is he's like well you'll, you'll do that and that'll sort it yeah um, he's way too competent for my liking <laughs> and and also it, was it just the car keys that was on that like key ring because i would be panicking a lot more if i just throw my keys into the icy depths and they were gone yeah <laughs> if that's got like the 1901 key on it and stuff you know the apartment key it's just about i mean no one's gonna find the keys but i mean uh you're <laughs> not gonna be able to get home <laughs> yeah then, exactly yeah you know i would be the same i'd be the same um but yeah, great, great ending with the cop arriving. Also, just nice that he's looking out for them. Um, and he's, you know, you've got to come off the ice for the night. Um, you know, that he didn't have to go and do that. He could have just left them there. They could have been real danger. So that might yeah. be part of his job, Will. <laughs> I don't I think guess. he's allowed to just leave people out there. I get. I just thought he was like a patrolman, just like driving around. Like, I just, I didn't think he just sits watching Lake Nomahegan and then he sees someone. He's like, right, time to engage. And then he glides across the ice on skates <laughs> and uh, gets them out. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, is this in your top 10, Key? It's a great episode. Really like it. Very touching, particularly towards the end, but it's not in my top 10. It's not in your top 10. It's not in mine, but I can say oh. with the, it's basically 11. Um, 11th on my list. Um, I nearly I changed... going to be in your top 10. Yeah, I nearly changed my list a few weeks ago to accommodate this, uh, but I just I couldn't decide on an episode to replace with Breaking the Ice. And I just thought, you know, I made that list a few years ago. I made it at that time for a reason and things shift, but I'm pretty happy with it. So I didn't want to upset the boat. But yeah, it's not in mine, but it's really highly ranked and probably uh, not. No, I, I don't want to say any more about season two, but um, it's 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 up there. Your actor pick is really it's really tough this week. Who have you gone for best actor pick? It is really tough um, for me. I think that as, as much as I love Niles in this episode, and I think all the funniest lines are from Niles in this episode, and I do particularly just love the line, what a rube. <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to give it to John Mahoney, actually. Oh, because I, I love that. I think it's just so heartwarming and touching at the end. And I really love as well. It's, it's a little bit of a callback to um, the chair, but the, obviously the monologue I love when he talks about him, him and, and Hester, but mm -hmm. um, how he says that, oh, your mum used to get on at me for not expressing my feelings enough and things like that. So I want to do it. I can do it. Takes a sip of a drink. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a really touching thing. It's a really, really nice scene. And, and and you really, I think this is a point where you really, really, there's so many times, the start of season one, where you were saying, oh, you know, their relationship isn't there. Yeah, it's not, yeah, they, it's not what it will become. And this is the point where we really see the progression and the development and the relationship between both Niles and Frasier and Martin. Um, and I, just, I think John Mahoney carries it off very, very well. So for me, I'm going to give it to John Mahoney. Fantastic, uh, like what's the rationale there? Um, I, I honestly, it could have gone to any of the three main main chaps in this episode. I think they're all brilliant, um, especially once they get to the cabin. I have gone for Niles. Um, 
just because of the lines that you've already mentioned, the wall-eyed pike facts, um, his arrival in all of the, in his new togs, as Daphne calls them. Yeah, I just, Nars has some really funny moments in this. Um, but, I mean, they're all great. And, like, Jean Mahoney brings, the, like, the, the gravity to the episode. Frasier kind of has the some good moments as well and it's it's really tough it's really tough i've, I've gone with niles so if you could add that to my my chart i would be much obliged kennedy burling okay what would he make of this episode and what would he make of ice fishing on lake nomahegan please i think kennedy burling loves this episode and he, you know well he, he loves yeah you know that's he how loves, yeah. is. <laughs> he doesn't love you <laughs> i i think I, I imagine kennedy's the kind of guy who likes ice fishing he seems like a very rough and ready guy he can he can handle anything what I've actually heard, I wonder if you can confirm this for me, is that he doesn't fish with any known apparatus or implements. He just thrusts his hand into the lake hole and just grabs the fish with his fists and then just eats them raw. Um, they, yeah, the fish, they, they seek him out. They come to him. Wow, like he's Aquaman, <laughs> some kind of <laughs> merman. Um, thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. And thank you, Kennedy, for voicing your thoughts. Uh, all that's left to do before listening to Malky is who's crazy anyway. Got a... I think this is a really easy one, actually. And I don't want. I'm not saying that to like set you up for a fall. I think you're going to get this really quickly. Um, it's it's in keeping with the theme. And it, who uses the term the pleasure of fishing in this episode? Oh, who God. uses that term? I feel like you might be setting me up for a fall here, mate. Wow. I mean, I, I shouldn't have said that. Um, I apologise, but I just I just thought this was quite. It's it's from a relatively relatively significant monologue, I guess. Think. Here we think go. I might know it actually. Oh, I, I think, think you might. I think I you think might. this might be Daphne reminiscing about her brothers and them going fishing when they were younger. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to say Daphne. You are spot on. Well played. Um, that is really well played. Yeah. So she's talking about when they used to come back there, chiseled faces, windburn, etc. And I was just like jumping on it, like I'll go fishing with you, Dad. Um, but yeah, well played, it's Daphne. Um, all that remains, Key, is to go into listener mail and do a few shout-outs as well. So are you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so for listener mail this week, plenty of you got in touch, and I've got a few shout-outs and special mentions to make after this as well, so make sure you stick around for those. Attempted high five. Thanks for a great and consistent podcast, guys. It's been a great comfort on dark mornings, driving to work in the run up to some time off of the holidays. If only my work life were that were like that of Adrian Lester in Bone Kickers and not getting muddy in a field in the middle of nowhere. I'm sending my entry to the competition post haste fingers crossed i'm not sure i ever considered this f that good oddly enough it's only really upon rewatch that i've come to appreciate it must admit i've been re-watching early eps either for other eps entirely or how hot young dhp is that <laughs> outfit though have a good one guys so that competition key you might not be aware of this i i think it's um i can't remember if it's last yeah i think it's last week's i edited in a special moment where there's a bit of music to signify there's a change in the episode and i give a special passphrase out and people needed this to enter a competition preston's running to win a little plush eddie toy so that's what that's in reference to um but I'm, i think the competition might have closed now i'm not sure oh god um, I, I followed no i've entered the competition <laughs> well he does live in kentucky so shipping <laughs> might have been a little uh, a little much um but yeah so that's what that's in reference to but yeah thank you very much attempted high five also, attempted high five, right? Are we are we officially throwing bone kickers? Bear in mind, it's only actually six episodes long. It's an entire <laughs> into the ring for a potential new podcast in five years. Oh, time. I think we might. But I mean, someone <laughs> I should mention, I, I won't say any names just for anonymity reasons, but whilst we've been recording, someone's donated another £10 to us. So whoever that is, and I've got their name here, they have just earned themselves a, a pick as well. Okay. I mean, just in terms of the picks, have we had any more requests through yet? Just no, we haven't. We, we're still waiting on, on Lynn Rob um i think that this new person um the person who uh requested violet violet evergarden hasn't got back to me um as far as i'm aware so if you're listening please please get in touch um and i know Corey wants to do a simpsons episode um I'm, i it's going to be you only move twice of the springfield uh files i think so we'll just see um anyone who's got an outstanding one get in touch with us um there's quite a few ongoing at the moment but we haven't recorded one in a while um so you know we can we can do it though probably won't be happening this month because we'll be taking some couple of weeks off for christmas most likely so uh yeah okay so i'm going back to listener mail um so sydney Aspasket. um <laughs> i was delighted to hear on listener mail so many new and so many regular contributors uh, being the ass basket that I am, I believed out I missed out due to not commenting last week. Uh, terribly sorry, chaps. However, here I am, 
What a great episode this was. Your tangents never cease to entertain, educate, and delightful. <laughs> well, I'm starting to draw the conclusion that you dislike Daphne, <laughs> maybe even more than you That's think. That's not true. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure more positive comments about our beloved English muffin will appear as time passes. On the subject of clubs, I've been a member of a committee for several years, and until COVID hit, we used to meet at a club in London, the Victory Services Club. I must say that I always felt like it was elite. A dining area, a bar, a library, etc. No planetarium, but we can't have everything. Beautiful <laughs> paintings of members of the armed forces and royalty on every wall, leather seats, and a doorman. This does sound very fancy. I'm liking it. It does. Um, it was always a pleasure to meet there. Anyway, keep up the good work. Can I just thank Hamish and Corey for the questions every week? And of course, Missy. I love hearing you guys answer them, and I attempt to beat you each week. Will I can take. Key. Well, let's just say he's a cut above wow. from the desk of Sydney Asbasket. A lot of a will bashing going on in that, in that comment <laughs> there from Sydney Asbasket. <laughs> I do not dislike Daphne. It is her writing in these early seasons that I dislike. Daphne's a character I've got nothing against. But yeah, great, great comment from her. From Sydney Asbasket there. Um, Recklier has put, Will, what is it with you? And almost forgetting my questions. Well done, Key, for keeping him on. It's mad. People are really going for me this week in the uh, in the comments. I I'm not. Speaking of toes, what is it with the utterly bizarre name for feet? Good Lord. Also, I like how my single question of the week has now become coin toss who, of who asks it. All this talk about resident quiz masters makes me wonder what mine would be. Resident mistook American, maybe. Or maybe resident hope Daphne gets actor pick of the week person. So I should say we have settled that Recklier is now our resident hope Daphne gets actor pick of the week person. Obviously, we have no idea how long Reckley will be waiting for that accolade to uh, to, to come true, but she might be waiting a while. Um, breaking the ice, you'd think by the synopsis where the Crane family got ice fishing would be a meager episode, but it wasn't. It started out with the usual hijinks, including Niles wanting to do something to impress Daphne, similar to how he'd swore he'd never go in a motorhome, but it gave right in when Daphne wanted to tag along. Overall, it was a lovely episode watching Fraser trying his best to hear those three special words that mean so much. I'm pleased Martin wasn't disappointed or angry when he found out why Fraser and Niles came along. I don't mind Daphne not being in it so much. If every episode had everyone get e equal screen time, then I wouldn't enjoy it as much. I'd be it'd be predictable, boring, and repetitive. And the credit scene was an excellent way to end the episode. Who couldn't let smile at Niles's pitiful little catch? It was all worth it for that kiss, though. There you go. Thank you, Rekia. It is a really, really nice ending to the episode, actually. I really do. Like, we did mention that, but that is a really nice ending. It is. Please. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next we have Mystery of Night. Another awesome episode, gents. Um, although my cat knows no tricks, he does get very scared by when I sneeze and he hates it. So I've trained him by calling his name, then making a specific motion to alert him that a sneeze is coming. And ever since I've done that, he no longer gets freaked out if I sneeze or he'll run and hide ahead of the sneeze. So it's not impossible. But like Niles once said, oh, I need to get out more. Is it because is it bordering on old lady things? <laughs> um, well, I will obviously never birth a real child, but one of my writing projects has a lead character named Will. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that counts, but I'll offer it up to Muse Calliope. Wow, I love that. Um, Thank you. I love that. But your cat is so smart that it knows oh, no. when a sneeze is coming. That's so clever. Honest to God, man. My my brother's dog still barks when you know someone's at the door. She's been around for like nine years, so. Yeah, clearly worlds apart in terms of discipline and training. Um, Just um, there is more to Mr. Nice comment um, underneath the, the fun bits. <laughs> yeah, so um, in terms of the fun bits, um, when they first notice the car keys are missing and Fraser, Fraser thinks they're outside, uh, Martin says, good luck finding them. It's been snowing all day. Uh, later that night, when Martin returns from using the outdoor facilities, he said he was able to write his name by borrowing the N from Niles. So if it had been snowing so much that it had covered the keys, how did the urinary crossword puzzle survive? That is a good point. That's a good spot. A very, very good spot, that is. Um, That's a really good spot. Then the point that you made in, in, the, um, in the episode, so there was a really bizarre photo in the cabin it looks like a like it was a topless photo of a ah, woman ah there you go you can see her head and then it looks like uh, they um it looks like they put on an odd pattern of feather or something to cover up what should be covered up um <laughs> it's really weird the second weirdest thing after the weird reflective images in the KACL studio of the woman crying blood is on the left wall just under the maps and this episode is in his top 10. Wow, nice. We, we have a top 10, folks. I just don't know how Corey does this every week. His fun bits are just amazing. 
Um, he just thinks so laterally about the episodes that just, yeah, absolutely spot on. Both of those brilliant. Um, I apologize. I've kind of robbed your thunder with the uh, with the, the picture of the topless woman, but it's it was just such a weird thing that I'm, I've been aware of for a while now that I kind of had to mention it in the review. Um, love that this is in your top 10. Um, that's so cool. And to love that listeners are doing that alongside with us as well. Really great. Tahitian Vanilla. Oh my gosh, guys, I've finally done it. I've powered through every episode on my drives to and from work. And while we work on projects in our first home that we finally closed on, congratulations, 46 hours plus spent with you two, the equivalent of a full work week of overtime. Now that's my kind of second job. I'm from Oregon, just south of Portland, which gets mentioned sometimes. Love Seattle. Even went there on our honeymoon this year. Told my husband we needed to go to Third and Pike and take a photo. We did. I'm currently caught up, can now officially comment along and watch Breaking the Ice last night with my husband, who loves fishing, and I love this one. I was thinking the whole episode of what my favourite line is and who I would choose for best actor. It has to be Niles. My standout, laugh-out-loud lines come close together are both his. Surely you wouldn't put yourself up there with Eddie, and would it help if we left? Great episode, and I cannot wait to watch along with you guys from now on. Cheers from the Pacific Northwest, Rach absolutely brilliant um so thank you so much for all the hours you've spent with us um and just yeah just sped, spreading positivity really really lovely comment yeah i mean talking of the hours you've sp- um people have spent is i don't know if this is your shout out at the end is, is your shout out at the end things that you've seen on twitter in the last few yes days? it is yes oh, that it was is gonna, yeah i was gonna mention that but can't wait to talk about that we'll do that after listen mail um, okay, so next up we have, I think, Panda in the Parlour. Um, hi, man. it's the bored American in London who DM'd you on Facebook a couple of months ago from quarantine. <laughs> I finally caught up and made a Reddit just so I could participate. Oh. If I understand your recording schedule correctly, I'm a week too late for this uh, to make the episode for someone to watch over uh, for someone to watch over me. Uh, but here's a fun fact anyway. In this episode, they make a couple of cracks about Rosie's zit, one about Krakatoa and one about Rudolph the Reindeer. There's an episode of Just Shoot Me where they make essentially the exact same jokes about Elliot when he gets a huge zit on his nose. I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where Elliot goes to his high school reunion. Been nursing that for years because I didn't know anyone who was a fan of both shows. <laughs> a burden has been lifted. Um, they also have a very good Christmas episode, How the Finch Stole Christmas which is actually narrated by Kelsey Grammer. Okay, this comment has got to be probably up there, my favourite ever comments we've had on Listener Mail, because they know I love Just Shoot Me, um, and I've been meaning to go back and, and rewatch a lot of Just Shoot Me, but th- that that fact is amazing. that they, they clearly have just taken jokes from Frasier. Um, but the fact that Kelsey Grammer does the Christmas episode as well, that's amazing, and I did not know that, and I'm going to watch How the Finch Stole Christmas tonight. As part of you know me and UK, we love to watch Christmas specials of things. That is getting watched tonight because that is just amazing. What a what an awesome uh, awesome observation. Really cool. Um, Dina D put love this week's episode. I listened to it on a very rainy morning by the window with my coffee, which felt very Fraser esque. I apologise. It's been a while since I've spoken on here. I got into the habit of listening toward the end of the week. Really excited for the next couple of episodes though. Breaking the Ice is one of my favourites. Nars is absolutely amazing in it. His hilarious, nonchalant lines about Maris, like, after you've seen Maris' interpretive dance group perform afternoon of a ford in the East Garden, the wilderness holds no terror, always kills me. His physical comedy as well is really great in this one. Definitely one of his best episodes, in my opinion. Ironically, it's not in my top ten. Can't wait to hear what you guys have got to say about it. Keep up the great work. Um, just brilliant. Thank you, Dina D. Um, really, really great. And couldn't agree more that David Hyde Pierce is, is so good in this episode. And also, mm. watching, by, listening uh, by a, a rainy morning by a window of a coffee, that is just spot on. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I love that. If Will could choose how everyone was listening to this podcast, <laughs> I would force everyone to listen like that. Amazing. <laughs> um, and then I think we've got the final comment, which is uh, Cam Winston. Um, I want to start by apologising. I didn't go to Princeton. <laughs> um, how co- but how cool is Mitchell Edmonds, who plays Mr. Spencer? A fun fact, he also had cameos in The West Wing, Parks and Recreation, and Modern Family. Um, just a little aside, have you ever seen Parks and Recreation? Oh, I've watched the whole thing. 
Is it any good? Because people rave about it, but I've only ever seen the first season, and I didn't rate the first season. The first season is not good. It gets so, so much better than that. However, I haven't watched it for about six years and probably never will again. Um, it was a bit flash in the pan for me. Everyone was talking about it. I enjoyed it, but it doesn't really have much staying power for me. Um, whereas the, the the US office, I still love, even though it's you know it's it, it still got its shortcomings. Um, but I, I, I will continue to rewatch that, I think across my life but parks and rec yeah probably not a show i'll ever watch again but it's got it is it is okay it is pretty good yeah interesting um, one back to cam um back to cam <laughs> anyway oh that's a perfect start to the paragraph anyway <laughs> howdy lads and well done on another great episode uh, i have a couple of points i would like to go over if i may uh the royal family will you mention you are not a fan of it and oh this is actually a bit of a surprise we've got someone who is not against will on this um to be honest i'm not either yeah although i know there is steep history and tradition i don't see what all the fuss is about is that bad hey 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 um and then cam says um father ted is the best we used to get it here in new zealand and i loved it father dougal and father jack were hilarious characters jack's outbursts as a drunk were brilliant drink girls ash <laughs> um, we'll um, we'll know what I mean there. And I will just add into this: if anyone is a fan of Father Ted, if they, if you've not seen Father Ted, they, it, we're in the Christmas season now. Um, Father Ted has a Christmas special called A Christmassy Ted, which is an amazing Christmas special. And um, even if you're not going to watch it, watch the first five ten minutes because it's set in a yeah. um, it's it's set in a shop. Uh, there's a very, very famous line from it. If anyone, if you, well, have you ever seen it? Just... No, I wasn't even familiar with the Christmas special. Well, yeah, yeah, it's on. If you're in the UK, it's probably on 4OD, so you can probably watch it for free on there. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a Christmas special called A Christmassy Ted, which has an incredibly, incredibly famous line. Um, and it's the first five, ten minutes. It's one of the best first five, ten minutes of any christmas special ever it's fantastic really well that's um, high praise oh it's just it's so funny and it's it's probably one of the most iconic father ted lines ever um and really? it comes from the christmas special so wow uh, i would highly recommend if you're looking if anyone's looking for christmas specials father ted is up there back to cam's comment that i've just taken a tangent on <laughs> um fine, finally willie uh what was for lunch that was so good that you had to share during the episode caviar <laughs> Canadian goose, mud pie, or was that still coming? <laughs> um, peace, lads. And as always, up the villa. Hammy. Uh, oh, yeah, just cheese and tomato and a nice little bake your, bake your own roll. Um, those ones you buy that are kind of half baked and you whack them in the oven. Um, very nice. I, yeah, so apologies for eating it on air, but I was starving. <laughs> um, so there was something I was going to say in response to that. Um, Maybe maybe it was just maybe it was just that lunch thing. Um, but yeah, brilliant, everyone. Thank you so much for your responses and and for phoning in virtually um, for Listen Mail this week. A couple of shout-outs I wanted to give this week. One of them is to John Wills, who has basically got a petition going on the official Lego Creators website to have a Frasier Lego set made and the whole Frasier apartment. And he needs, I think, 20,000 signatures or something, or maybe just 2,000. I can't remember which. I feel like it's 20. Um, and then it's considered by Lego to be made. So please head over to Frasier Fan Club where you'll find it. I'll post some links on Twitter and Facebook as well so you can find it. John makes so much great stuff. He's made GIFs and things of the Frasier opening animations. He just really loves what he does, and he's really good at it too. So he deserves everyone's support. If everyone who listens to this podcast signed up, um, it takes 10 seconds. He will, uh, he'd get a real boost from that. Um, also, a little shout-out from uh, Preston um, at the Fraser Project, whose Cafe Nervosa build I shared on Twitter recently, which is just ludicrously good. Um, and a really nice comment he sent um, in a little chat we have, where he put, um, about we're listening, I love listening. There was a really special time for me around April, May, when the Fraser Project started getting popular, and we all started to get to know each other. Then in July, we started the Empire Club. I can't, it was the first rule of the Empire Club is, I'm afraid I can't talk about the Empire Club, okay? Um, though though you, you know what it is. Um, I was listening to We're Listening podcasts a lot at the time, just getting caught up. So now when I listen, it's like hearing a song on the radio that takes you back to a treasured time. Um, really lovely, really lovely. Just a bit of nostalgia and reminiscence there from Preston, but I promised him I'd read that out. And finally, um, I've got a couple of shout-outs here to make. A lot of people have been getting in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook to share their Spotify wrapped stats with us because so many of them, our podcast was top of their binged podcasts for that week, for that year. Um, countless people have spent like 
2000 what was it like seven how many minutes would it have been uh, like um the three i was going to shout out and you've beaten me to it um mm. there's kylie who i don't think the numbers are there for kylie but uh biggest podcast binge listen huge um, thanks helen 40 i think it is helen yeah yeah he's helen yeah helen um helen 43 episodes for a total of 7624 minutes amazing um, Amazing. Which I'm pretty sure means that you've heard me more than anyone else this year. So we have a bond <laughs> at this stage. It's, it's a really amazing, amazing moment. Um, and Anita, um, 41 episodes, 2,788 minutes. So absolutely incredible. That's fantastic. Just so, so great. Um, honestly, everyone was sharing those. It just meant the world to us. And, and what I want to end on um, is, is this little anecdote key. Do you remember, we were talking the other week about Lloyd Griffiths. Do you remember Ben Griffiths? Who was Do you remember Ben? You remember yeah. Ben? So uh, Ben was a few years, for listeners, he was a few years below us at school. Um, really, really sound guy. And he'll be listening to this now, hopefully. Um, I was walking back from, uh, from, from the doctors the other day, walking across Morrison's car park. And I, I, Ben was actually unloading the delivery truck on the car park. And I heard someone call me. I didn't see him before he called me. And uh, I saw it was here on the back of the cherry picker pulling stuff out the van. He's like, oh, Will, how you doing? I was like, oh, you're right, mate. I went, oh, I've got something to show you, actually. So I went over and like, you know, ambled down the side of the truck and he's there he is like seven foot above me on the cherry picker gets his phone out of his pocket and just shows me the screen and it was his spotify wrapped and we were the most listened podcast and i don't even think he watches fraser that much he just <laughs> likes the podcast i think he's getting into fraser because of it so it was just amazing and he said i want to shout out on the podcast when he showed <laughs> me and i was like you'll get him on don't worry so there you go pride of place ben right at the end of the episode but yeah that was just an amazing little uh little moment moment um next week key it is season two episodes 21 uh which is an affair uh, to forget oh this is another strong another episode. really good episode um so excited for that one so any comments and trivia you have for that you know where to find us um but other than that i've been will I've been key thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled.